Halftime is over. Time for the second half. Coming up, Joe Rexrow with The Athletic talking Titans Bengals. Also, Andrew the Earl Moore and more. But first, the Hall of Famer and Sports Writer of the Year, Mo Patton and the Sundrop Kid from Alabama. Here's Chris Yow. Mo, you sent me an article earlier today written by Jay Morrison and Joe Rexrode. <laughs> what, uh, what specific part of this do you think we would be most intrigued about? Yeah, I, I think we I think we would be most intrigued about um, the key matchups um, because I think they're not the matchups that most people would expect. But I, but I think there's a lot to those matchups, primarily um, the run games for both teams. Obviously, um, Derrick Henry versus the Bengals defense is, is one to watch. And assuming that he plays, since he still hasn't been activated yet. Uh, apparently he, well, I don't know if he has officially, but Teron Davenport reported at three, three hours ago that he would be activated. Now they have 11 minutes to do so. Right. And, and as, as Mike Keith pointed out yesterday, until he's on the roster, he's not. But um, I think, um, again, one thing that we've talked about earlier this week is pass rushes for both teams. Um, whether Cincinnati can get some heat on Tannehill and vice versa. You know, we talked about Harold Landry, Nico Altry, and Jeff Simmons earlier this this week about that threesome being the only three with eight or more sacks apiece, Landry with 12, Altry with nine, and Simmons with eight and a half. Um, and, and Mike said, you know, if they can get heat from their front four without having to blitz, they're going to be in pretty good shape. So I think that's a big key. But what, what struck me was the amount of stuff in this article that we have touched on on this show at some point over the course of the week. So uh, I am here's kudos to to us. (laughs) Here's the sentence that I think is hilarious. And it comes from Jay Morrison. If the Bengals pressure Tannehill with a four man rush and can force a turnover or two via a strip or forced interception, they'll live with Henry staying around his impressive per game rushing number of one seventeen. Mm-hmm. If you're only rushing four, Derrick Henry's going to have 215, not 115. Because if once he gets to the defense, to the to the linebackers three or four yards downfield, you might as well forget it. Because the linebackers aren't catching him if the cornerbacks can't. This that is an asinine idea that they're only going to send four people if Derrick Henry's in the backfield. They're going to have they're going to have to go five on five. Period. And here's the thing: that's what people don't understand is that yes, the the defensive boxes have been the same. Andrew can come in. That's fine. The defensive boxes have been the same with. With and without Derrick Henry, the problem is that they're not; those guys are sitting in coverage. 
mm-hmm. over the middle. They're 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 dropping to the back of the box. Just because they're in the box doesn't mean that they're coming after the quarterback or that they're stopping the run game. They're not doing that. They're not gonna do that. Which makes Ryan. That's what makes Ryan Tannehill so effective. Is that when he gives that play action fake to Derrick Henry, those guys are coming up in the middle of the field is wide open, and that's where. Ryan Tannehill is most effective is getting the ball to number 11 across the middle of the field. Uh, you tell me your <laughs> thoughts, Andrew. I sure hope they send four. And that's right. It. Please. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, that, that would just make my day even more than, I mean, I'm, I'm, I will be at the game uh, Saturday, which makes me very excited. It's my very first playoff game uh, in terms of football. Um, but no, as you said, just, that's where Ryan Tannehill is the most effective is when they're loading that box up with eight or nine men. And all of a sudden Ryan Tannehill gets these one-on-one matchups with Julio Jones, with uh, AJ Brown. You can even throw Nick Westbrook Aquina in there. He's, he's really stepped up in the last four to five games. Um, so this, they're going to have to come after Derrick Henry. They would be foolish to just send four and expect to stop him, even even coming off of the injury, not being not not playing in eleven or twelve weeks, however long it's been. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm expecting, I'm honestly I'm expecting a bigger game from Ryan Tannehill than I am Derrick Henry if he gets activated in the next uh, now six minutes. <laughs> I can't imagine he's not going to be activated. I I mean I haven't seen an official announcement so i guess who knows but whew, this well, it's like it's like mickey ryan said this about an hour ago on his show i mean mike rabel's not going to activate him until the absolute last second that he has to so if if he's getting activated i would imagine it's in the next uh five minutes and like 15 seconds uh right down to the wire right down to the wire i am looking at a text from Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, uh, I asked her, any word on 22? She said, not yet, told to expect between 3 and 3.15. I got members wanting my preview and preview capsule, but until it's soup with 22, I'm not rewriting it. So, yep. so everybody is on hold, and this is the nightmare that <laughs> Teresa was hoping to avoid earlier this week, but was afraid she'd be unable to. I think it would be a huge letdown in terms of fan excitement if Derrick Henry isn't activated in the next couple of minutes. Just the way that the social media's, uh, Titan social media, the beat writers uh, have really kind of built this up. You know, they've made their tweets, they've made their videos, they've taken their pictures of of Derrick Henry out there on the on the practice field getting our hopes up, and if he ends up not playing, uh, it'll just be a little bit of a, a little bit of a bummer. Just a little. I bit. just I, I really feel like the the text that the tweet that Joe Ricks wrote, who will be with us in the next segment, sent out earlier this week, saying that the fact that Derrick Henry spoke with the media was as positive a sign in this direction as anything. Uh, I just can't imagine them making him available and him not playing. It's, it's that that's true. His his twenty one day window is still open, so he doesn't have to be activated to come back in the postseason. He has to be activated today to play tomorrow, 
uh, but he doesn't have to be activated, honestly, until sometime next week before that 21-day you know, window is, is over and he has to sit out the rest of the, the postseason. Andrew, why do the Titans win tomorrow? The Titans win tomorrow because they have one of the most efficient front fours in the NFL going up against the worst offensive line in the NFL. The Bengals have been around for about 50-plus years. If I am correct in saying this, I do not believe they have ever won a road playoff game in their history, which is, which is huge. This Our team, they're not as flashy, they're not as cool, but they are more experienced. And I think overall, uh, just from top to bottom, every part of the team's uh, special teams, offense, defense, specific groups, I think they are just the more talented team. Can't disagree with you. All right, that's going to do it for this segment. We've got Joe Rexrode coming up. So, Andrew, I like your hair. Thank you. I heard there was a playoff game. This I will definitely be wearing this tomorrow along with a bunch of uh, coats and sweatpants. I hear you. The two-tone blue. Andrew the Earl Moore at Andrew the Earl on Twitter. Appreciate you. Tied up, boys. All right. When we come back, Joe Rexrode will tell us much more right after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. 
Welcome back in to Main Street Sports Today. I'm Chris Yao, and normally joined by Mo Patton here, but perhaps he's frozen again. That's okay if he is. Uh, looking forward to talking some. There he is. <laughs> the Hall of Famer and Sports Writer of the Year himself. Yeah. Stop. No, Patton. no, no, no. no. I, I mean, well, I mean, considering our next guest and his uh, his acceptance of being on our show was prerequisited by your having this award, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. At least, at least you didn't. You you did kind of take it from him. I tell, like I said before, you know, Teresa, the reigning winner. But it was Teresa, Joe, Teresa, and you know, as most of uh, most of the time, the patterns continue. Well, Joe, sorry, but Mo said not today. <laughs> in your face, in the face. In, in the face. Uh, <laughs> Mo said no such thing, Joe. He's putting words in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> Joe awesome. Rector of the Seriously, Athletic Journal. Congrats, joining. man. That's awesome. Well, I, I appreciate awesome. Yeah. Um, appreciate you taking some time with us. Any word yet, Joe? <laughs> In fact, uh, yeah, actually, uh, just now, uh, exactly at this moment, um, I guess, yeah, I guess they did get it in right at the top of the hour. Sometimes they're a few minutes after, but yeah, they uh, officially have activated Derrick Henry. So there we go. All the, you know, don't have to do the, so is he going to be active? Well, you know, we'll we'll see. Even though we all know he's going to be active, so yes, it, it's now official. <laughs> it's about Our time. long national nightmare is over, huh? Yeah, I mean, so yesterday, someone asked Vrabel, you know, I guess because like if you directly ask him the question, of course they're going to be like, "Well, I don't know," you know. And so he did that. So I was like, "Hmm." So I was like. I tried to be sneaky, and I was like, so Dontrell Hilliard in the third down back roll, what do you feel about that, you know? <laughs> because, of course, if he confirms that Dontrell Hilliard is their third down back, that basically confirms that he's bumped down to third on the depth chart, right? But he, uh, of course, Vrabel kind of looked at me, and he's like, yeah, you know, first down, second down, whatever, everybody's got to roll. I'm like, all right, well, I gave it a shot. But anyway, it's over now. <laughs> Good try. Good try. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of surprised Vrabel didn't actually say that. Good try, you know. It's not his first rodeo. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is, I mean, surely that's a boost to that entire locker room, even though, again, it's been expected all week that Derrick Henry was going to be up for this ball game. But for it to actually come to pass, I, I would think that that's a, a shot in the arm for the number one seed. Yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, I, yeah, I think I think the real shot in the arm probably comes. Well, I mean, I think it's even, uh, even like yesterday, for example, you know, like a really just a brief glimpse of practice at the beginning, and, and the Friday, you know, Thursday is Friday this week, so you know, so Friday is typically the the shortest glimpse of practice, but even then, like. You know, they were doing some, like, hurry-up stuff, and Derek is on the sideline kind of dancing to the music, and he just sort of, like, it just, like, his teammates really, you know, are, are magnetized to him, you know? Like, he, I think it's a big deal to have him around, to have had him around rehabbing, to have him in practice now, and then I think the big boost will come 
you know, it was already going to be a, a wild atmosphere tomorrow, but you know, when he jogs out there with that menacing look, you know, <laughs> through the tunnel, uh, I think that's got to be a, a psychological boost for everybody either on the team or rooting for the team. How much of a, uh, of a mental issue is that for their opponent? Yeah, you I know, mean, that's a good question. That's a good question. You know, I mean, for one thing, I mean, and this is why it's been hilarious this week, like the fact that they wouldn't just come out and say, I mean, when, when they made him available, they told everybody he's going to be active. But, like, like I guess, like, you know, the Titans holding out hope that the Bengals, you know, are not preparing for 22, you know. <laughs> I don't know. But, but yeah, I mean, already it's uh, – look, look, the Bengals certainly have an edge to me just in terms of they played last week and they, they faced the playoff success. So now this inexperienced young team and all that stuff, and they got a playoff win. But they haven't, you know, they haven't played in a hostile environment for a, for a playoff game, and so I just, I just feel like the emotion gets ratcheted up that much more with this, this element to it. So, in theory, that should make it more difficult on them. Uh, but you know, another thing is, we know how teams um, who play the Titans. I mean, they usually are all over Derrick Henry early in these games, you know. I mean, they're they're fresh, they're jacked up, they're and they they draw energy from, you know, from stopping him and of course the Titans have had a lot of trouble this year with slow starts on offense. So that's another thing to keep in mind. You know, Joe, when uh I had made mention on Twitter before the Texans game that I thought Derrick Henry should probably play in the Texans game to treat it like preseason and you made the point that, well, Derrick Henry doesn't play in the preseason. And so, of course, I go back to that his performance against Arizona, and you know, obviously it was – you can't really take that performance because the Titans got down early and they had to throw the ball, and there's just a lot that goes into it. But the difference in Derrick Henry being rested and, and coming out in the preseason – whatever that means. The difference this time is Derrick Henry's been resting for nine weeks now while everybody else has been playing. And I think, Mo, it was you who said the reason that he's so successful in December and January is because he doesn't get tired and the other teams do. How much is of a factor is fresh legs on 22, completely fresh legs, against a beat-up defense going to have? It, it's going to be huge, right? Yeah, well, that's a great point. And actually, if you count the off week in the regular season plus the last two, it's really twelve weeks. You know, so yeah. so yeah. I mean, you're talking you're talking major. Um, I, I think it's a great point. I, I think absolutely. Um, you know, you think it's it's almost unfair. It, again, if he's if he's all the way back and he's all the way himself, and he and and you know, look, maybe there is something to the slow start of the season. I mean, he had a 100-yard game last year at Denver. He didn't have, like, a huge game. He had a lot of carries. You know, the problem with Derrick Henry, like, it, like the start to season thing is, like, in 2019, they were a mess. They had no Lewan, Mariota, you know, like, they had Jamil Douglas, at right guard. So, you know, sure. and then in 2018, he wasn't even the, the back. So, it's, it, we still don't have a great sample size on it. But, yeah, that this is the big difference is that it's like he's jumping in the fourth quarter of a game. You know, 
Which yeah. I've advocated for a while, by the way. Mm. The thing is, you know, even if he's not necessarily all the way back, that's still six three two forty seven against beat up defenses. <laughs> I mean, right. it, yeah. there's there's business decisions out there, and even under normal circumstances. But again, with him fresh and them not, you you got to feel like at some point, pretty early, I think he's going to be due for one. And and who who's the first stiff arm victim? <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, like what what gets the crowd more riled up? Like you know, a touchdown run, a, a just like a big run, or just like a two yard run where he throws someone you know to the sideline. I, I think I might go with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean it's. Uh, that's again, like with, with I've said this before. He got hurt or anything. Like you know, if you could get the guy a stunt double for the first quarter, because um, that's when you know defenses again, like they're they're all, they're all fresh and they want to they want to get after him, and it's all about stopping him. And he takes big hits, he takes way bigger hits in the first quarter, I believe, than any other, any other time of game. And, it, and progressively, it's like he's the one who starts leaning on them, you know. So, uh, and this is where. You know, that's, that's the thing, too. It'll just be interesting tomorrow. Um, are the Titans just like, okay, Derrick Henry's healthy. Derrick Henry's the running back. Or, I mean, I have to think that they're going to mix in some Deontay Foreman, and I, and I think I would. I think I would mm-hmm. mix him in a little bit. Um, now, of course, you have a couple series of that, and, and it's apparent that the difference between the two, you know, it probably gets harder and harder to, to stick with that. But, um, like, if the Titans can somehow – like if, if Titans are able to win this game and they can get out of this without him having 25 carries, I don't think that's a terrible thing, you know, with, uh, with obviously then earning a huge game next week. Um, but I suspect, uh, you know, if this is a close game, then certainly it could be, then I think, you know, about half of his carries, whatever they are, probably come in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I would agree with that. But at the same time, Joe, mm-hmm. and – you know, it, it might sound a little blasphemous, but at six one two thirty six, I mean – Foreman does a pretty good Henry imitation. He does, yeah. I mean, it's not like – and the, the interesting thing, too, is and I think the best glimpse of him last year was the game at Cincinnati. Um, he actually had some nice runs, and it was like, gosh. So right now they're complimenting Derrick Henry with another kind of – back kind of like Derrick Henry, you know, like the power and the power – you know, some teams like to have that, you know, the, the, the differing skill set to throw something different at defense. This is just, like, more of the same. But, uh, yeah, look, I, I think Body Foreman, blow after body blow. Yeah, exactly. I, I think yeah. Foreman played well and, and has earned a chance to help a little bit. Doubling up on the fastball to some extent. That's yeah. right. That's right. No change-ups needed. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. How how big of a how big of a uh, a positive is that going to be for for Ryan Tannehill? I mean, early like you said, their defenses are always jacked up to to get after Henry in the first quarter. You know, a couple of play action passes could absolutely see big plays in the passing game from Tannehill, AJ Brown, uh, potentially Julio and NWI. Yeah, and and that's where and that's really where I think the difference with this offense without Henry happen. Um, because obviously well-documented, they ran for you know, similar numbers without him, uh, yards per carry. You know, none of that 
really fell off. What fell off was the passing game, and that, and that to me speaks to just the emphasis. I just I just feel like defenses have been able to play the Titans like, really more honestly without Derrick Henry, and if if it's full Derrick Henry, but well, but like you said, even early, whether you know who knows if it is, but even even just the idea that he's out there, I think gives you a chance to, you know, especially like the Tannehill, it just feels like the middle of the field clears out on those play action uh, passes, you know, and, and makes it just much easier for Tannehill to uh, scan the field and, and find someone. So, yeah, I mean, I think some shots off this early would absolutely make sense. Um, no question about it. And, you know, look, the one really interesting stat that I saw from ESPN Stats and Info was, you know, the Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry together, seven yards of play for the Titans. It's only like a hundred-some plays all year that, that, that they've been together. But if you think back to what I think was their best performance, Kansas City, you know, first half of that game they score on every single possession. They score four touchdowns and a field goal. They're absolutely unstoppable, and all of those guys – are making plays and you're running the ball and you're running play action and it's just keeping that defense off balance. And this is also guys where to me, Todd Downing is a key figure tomorrow. I mean, this is a big, big day for him. It's going to be a big day for all of the Titans. And hopefully that defense is able to continue their success with that front four against what we just talked about with Andrew Moore, a not great offensive line. So the, the, the Titans defense who, Sands, the second half of week 18, had given up one touchdown pass in, what, three games, Joe, at that point until the second half of of the Texans game. So this is a pretty good good defense uh, that that Joe Burrow is going to have to go up against, even though he's got some great options. uh, They're going to get after him, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and – and that's going to be so critical is that pass rush. Um, you know, obviously last year they go in the Cincy with, with a terrible pass rush and, and a banged mm-hmm. up and already bad offensive line hold them sackless. But, you know, I mean, they look, this is possibly the – well, I mean, I think you could make the case that this is as good a collection of skill if you count quarterback, running back, receivers, tight end as anyone. I mean, it's right up there. And including with Jamar Chase, a guy I think I think could be like the best receiver in the league for a stretch here moving forward. You know, at some point. Um, uh, so I mean, if the Titans don't get pressure, you know, they're gonna have a problem because T. Higgins, you know, as a number two is unfair, and then Tyler Board's a really good slot receiver, and and, the, and I think that's where the Titans, if they, if you could pick one thing to add to the Titans. I mean, to me, it would be another corner you feel really good about. So um, that's where that pass rush has to be so good tomorrow. 3.30, CBS, Titans hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals have never won a road playoff game in franchise history. It's not going to start tomorrow. Joe Rexford of the Athletic picking the Titans 28-24, I believe, was Mm-mm. his his no. prediction, 34-27, I'm sorry. There we go. 34-27. So, Joe, we appreciate it and looking forward to uh, talking to you again sometime soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys, and congrats again, Mo. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. When we come back, some 
coaching news in the Southeastern Conference football world. Former Vanderbilt coaching news. So we'll okay. talk about that. And robot umpires on the other side. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in to Main Street Sports Today, final segment of the week. Thank you guys for hanging out with us all week long. We are live at 2 o'clock each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. And on Monday, we will, of course, have Reaction Monday to all of the things that happened over the weekend, including high school sports, college hoops, and whatever game that there is tomorrow. I heard there was something going on tomorrow afternoon. Not sure what it is exactly. but uh, 3.30 or 4, somewhere along through. 3.30-ish, somewhere in that area. Uh, are, are you are you trying to, to DVR and start over when you get home, though? No, I, I'll just listen up to it progress. on the. I'll just listen to it on the radio till I get home. I'll, I'll listen to Mike and Coach, Mike, Keith, and Coach Mac. I didn't. I, I knew like McGinnis had coached in the NFL. I didn't realize he had he had been a head coach for Arizona. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, that was before sure I cared about the NFL. There you go. So, yes, Chris, there was the NFL before you started paying attention. So yeah, I was aware it existed, but I only paid attention to Peyton Manning. So of course, it's all you. It's, it's literally all I cared about. You, you <laughs> and about fifteen million other people in the state. <laughs> well, I was in another state, so that's one reason yeah. I didn't care. Is because I had no reason to care. Makes sense. <laughs> um, well, a couple of things I want to get to, and JP, I know you're oh, just yep. so sad to hear. That I, I just looked down and saw that on the rundown. I hadn't gotten that far yet. How about that? Hmm. Interesting. Um. I, I didn't wear my Vandy stuff because of that you. today. It is behind me. It's always behind me. You have Vandy on? I do. I, di- I didn't plan to wear this because of oh. that today. Gotcha. gotcha. Pure coincidence. Well, Derek Mason is out as Auburn's defensive coordinator, mm. uh, according to Nabias Wilborn, friend of the show at AL.com. I heard that he was interviewing for a position in the Big 12? Oklahoma State. Oklahoma he State, okay. Been, he had been involved with Oklahoma State, but um, as I'm texting with New Bias, <laughs> he said, it, it, it seems that Coach Mason is leaving Auburn to just go home, basically. Just stepping away. For so, now. Well, I mean, he clearly wants to coach. Or he wouldn't have interviewed for the Oklahoma State job. Well, I, I don't know. I, he just doesn't know. want to coach at Auburn. Well, <laughs> he doesn't want to coach at Auburn. Now, whether he wants to coach anywhere else is kind of up for debate, I guess. So well, he's supposed to talk to the team at 430, and maybe we'll know more after, more definitively after that. But I don't, I don't know that he's necessarily leaving to go to Oklahoma State. Right, right. No, absolutely. So two things that strike me in this article. One, he's the fourth coach to leave mm-hmm. after just the first year. So either Brian Harson is hard to work for or Brian Harson is making it hard to work for him so he can bring his guys in and get rid of these SEC lifers. Uh, though Jimmy Brumbaugh, who was famously fired after the offensive as the defensive line coach, after so many offensive woes under Jeremy Pruitt, <laughs> first first guy Jeremy Pruitt fires because his offense can't score is the defensive line coach. So, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> just mm. a, a, one in a long list of things there. But uh, Brumball, who is an Auburn alum uh, and former Birmingham Steel Dog, of course, of course. Will will take over <laughs> the defensive line duties for Auburn uh, to to replace Nick Eason, who left for Clemson. So this is this is interesting. I, I, I'm curious why folks are are leaving. Well, Chris, you you made the point that either he's hard to work for or he's making it hard so he can bring in his own people. I mean, if you just want to bring in your own people, just just bring them. Bring in your own people. But, I mean, I, I kind of get the impression that it's, A, that he's hard to work for in some way, shape, or form. I mean, they um, they fired Mike Bobo, according to the, 
Nubias's article mm-hmm. after the Iron Bowl loss. Um, and Cornelius Williams. Yeah, fired receivers coach Cornelius Williams four games into the year. Um, Nick Eason, I'm not sure what he coached, but he left to go to Clemson. He was defensive now, line. Okay. There we go. He, yeah, yeah, my bad. That Brumball. Yeah. Re- reading is fundamental. But um, <laughs> and, and now uh, Derek Mason is leaving for parts unknown after interviewing at Oklahoma State. So it's it's interesting, and I think maybe some of it just goes back to, you know, some conversations that we had earlier in the year regarding Harson and Fit at Auburn. Yeah, it's it's certainly interesting. Uh, Jeff Schmetting, who was the defensive coordinator at Boise State for uh, Brian Harson, has been elevated to that position from linebackers coach. So there you have it. Derek Mason out at Auburn, seemingly of his own choosing. So I, I just don't know. Yeah, I, I guess maybe, after maybe Harson, I guess after Harson fired so many folks that he just said, "Hey, you don't have to fire me. I'm gone." I still got that money coming from Vanderbilt. We I Hello. You think he goes yeah. back to Stanford? To the farm? Uh, they could use his help, right? Yeah. They they'd probably take him. Well, I mean, I don't know if you make that move or not, because how, how secure is David Shaw? Well, Maybe that's why you make the move. Uh, exactly. You you get there and do your thing on defense and when the time comes, you got an opportunity to step up. Wow. That's a little Machiavellian. But <laughs> stranger things have happened, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> David Shaw, meet Julius Caesar. <laughs> hey, right, right. <laughs> At two. At two. At two. Oh. Well, before we get out of here, I do want to make mention that the minor league baseball's triple A level will have robot umpires. Not and across the board. Not across the board. No, but no. but they will be they will be trying this out, and they will only be calling balls and strikes. Here's the thing, though: if you want to be the guy who sends that like tone to the umpire behind the plate, you can do that. Like they are hiring people to, to monitor the to robot's call. Yeah, to so communicate being a microphone and earpiece in the umpire, or or a button, like that. or yeah. I don't know. Or setting the zone from player to player. I don't know. MLB posted a hiring notice on Thursday for seasonal employees to operate the automated ball and strike system for the Albuquerque Isotopes, Charlotte Knights, El Paso Chihuahuas, Las Vegas Aviators, Oklahoma City Dodgers, Reno Aces, Round Rock Express, Sacramento River Cats, Salt Lake Bees, Sugarland Skeeters, and Tacoma Rainiers. So, okay. Well, so Charlotte. Yeah, specifically for for uh, sounds fans. Mm-hmm. So eleven teams, eleven out of the thirty at the AAA level will be utilizing this for their home games. I'm certainly interested to see how it works out. I, I think it's a positive. Tom House, uh, who is most famous for catching Hank Aaron's seven fifteenth. Um, I guess it's probably not why he's most famous, but he is that that's why I know him. Uh <laughs> pretty to be famous. But for. he's you know, he he did say he said, you know, this is um 
we deserve a game where every game where every call is right. There's too much on the line for games to be up to people's perceptions. So the 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 game where every call is right doesn't exist. I think it's a lot closer than allowing something like the 1997 96 96 97 NLCS. Mhm. Well, that's all I'm I saying. think I think it's somewhere in between though. I mean, I think that 1997 Marlins Braves game was the worst thing you're going to see and you know, I, I I think anything other than that is going to be an improvement. I I don't know. I I think I don't know. Uh, I think that there should be humans behind the plate, but I think there should be something in their pocket that tells them it was in the zone. If there, if just a, just a buzzer that buzzes, if it's a strike, right? It was in, it hit the zone somewhere. Now, if you're back there and you think, and and you look at it and you go, it might have hit the zone, but if it did, it was laces on the the edge of the black, you know, and and you have the ability to say no. So I don't know. It, I have no idea, but I'm looking forward to seeing how it works out. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Yep. Come back Monday, 2 o'clock, same bat time, same bat channel, where we react to the weekend of sports on Reaction Monday for Mo Patton and JP Plan. I'm Chris Yao saying have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday.